Hare Krishna. We're very pleased that all of you have decided to listen in this morning to our Srimad Bhagavatam discourse here in Dallas, Texas. We'll begin the uh, class very shortly. So stay with us. To all of you who are listening in online by radio or telephone, we welcome you this morning. I'm Rupa Nogadas, disciple of His Holiness Tamal Krishna Goswami Maharaj, who is a disciple of His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Srila Prabhupada. This morning we are continuing our reading in the first canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. Chapter 9, this chapter entitled, The Passing Away of Bhishmadev. And we, we will be reading text number 23 and the translation and purport by Srila Prabhupada. And then we'll be having a little discussion afterward. So right now we will invoke the blessings in the presence of the Supreme Lord. Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janda Vallabha Girivadhadhari Gopi Janda Vallabha Girivadhadhari Ashura Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Ashura Nandana Brajajana Ranjana Jamuna Tiravanachari Jamuna Kiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Jai Gaur Premananda Hari Hari Bo Jai Om Vishnu Pada Padamahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimad's Divine Grace Apoye Charanada Vinda Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai Om Vishnu Pada Padamahamsa Paribhijaka Charja Hasto Tarasata Sri Srimad's Divine Loving Grace Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Gosami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki, 
अनंत कोटि वैष्णवृंद की इस कान बीबीटी फान रिल फार की इस कान गुरु परम भरा की श्री रूप श्री सनातन भट रघुनाथ श्री जीव को पाओ बास रघुनाथ सात को समी प्रभु की जय नामचार्य श्रील हरिरास ठाकुर की जय प्रेम जगो श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभु नित्यानंद श्रीअवैतराधर श्री वासरी गोर भक्तवृंद की श्री श्री राधा कृष्ण गोप गोपीनाथ श्याम खुन राधाखुन गिरी गोविदान की श्री वृंदावन राम की श्री मथुराम की श्री मायापुरी राम की श्री जगन्नाथपुरी राम की श्री श्री राधा कलचंदी राम की गंगदेव की जमुन माई की तुलसी देव की भक्ति देव की समवेर भक्त वृंद की बृहद बरंग ट्रांसेंडल बुक एंड प्रसारण डिस्ट्रीब्यूशन की नितागोर प्रेमानंद Hari Hari Bol all glories to the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees all glories to the assembled devotees all glories all glories all glories to Shri Guru and Shri Goranga Namo Vishnu Padaya Krishna Padaya Bhutale Shambhati Bhakti Vedanta Swaminiti Namane Namaste Saraswati Deve Gorabani Pachani Ne निविशेष शून्यवादी ओम नमो भागवते वासुरेवाया ओम नमो भागवते वासुरेवाया ओम नमो भागवते वासुरेवाया नारायण नमस्कृत नरम चोतम दीं सरस्वती यासन तथो जायाद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवतीम श्लोके um sanskrit words of the text bhaktya avesya mana yasmin vacha yat nama kirtayan kyajan kalevaram yogi मुच्यते काम कर्म भी भक्तिया मनोजस्चयान्म कीर्तयान 
Yajan Kali Varam Yogi Muchati Kamakarma Bi Bhaktya Vishya Manu Yasmin Vachayam Namakirtayan Yajan Kali Varam Yogi Muchati Kamakarma Bi Translation by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada, Ki Jai. The personality of Godhead who appears in the mind of the devotees by attentive devotion and meditation and by chanting the holy name releases the devotee from the bondage of fruitive activities at the time of his quitting the material body. Repeat with me, please. The personality of Godhead who appears in the mind of the devotee by attentive devotion and meditation and by chanting of the holy name releases the devotee from the bondage of fruitive activities at the time of quitting the material body. Very good. Perfort by His Divine Grace. Yoga means concentration of the mind detached from all other subject matter. And actually such concentration is samadhi, or cent percent engagement in the service of the Lord. And one who concentrates his attention in, this, in that manner is called a yogi. Such a yogi, devotee of the Lord, engages himself 24 hours daily in the service of the Lord so that his whole attention is engrossed with the thoughts of the Lord in ninefold devotional service. Namely, and this is, uh, not, the Sanskrit is not given, but it's Shravanam, Kirtanam, Vishnu, Svaranam. Namely, uh, uh, hearing, chanting, remembering, worshiping, praying, become a vol- becoming a voluntary servant, carrying out orders, establishing a friendly relationship, or offering all that one may possess in the service of the Lord. By such practice of yoga or linking up in the service of the Lord, one is recognized by the Lord himself, as it is explained in the Bhagavad Gita concerning the highest professional stage of samadhi. The Lord calls such a rare devotee uh, the best among all the yogis. Such a perfect yogi is is enabled by the divine grace of the Lord to concentrate his mind upon the Lord with a perfect sense of consciousness. And thus, by chanting his holy name before quitting the body, 
the yogi is at once transferred by the internal energy of the Lord to one of the eternal planets where there is no question of material life and its concomitant factors. In material existence, a living being has to endure the material conditions of threefold miseries, uh, life after life, according to his fruitive work. Such material life is produced by material desires only. Devotional service to the Lord does not kill the natural desires of the living being, but they are applied to the right cause of devotional service. This qualifies the desire to be transferred to the spiritual sky. General Bishmadev, and this is the first time I think I've ever heard him called General Bishmadev, but that's Prabhupada's words here. General Bishmadev is referring to a particular type of yoga called Bhakti Yoga, and he was fortunate enough to have the Lord directly in his presence before he quitted his material body. He therefore desired that the Lord stay before his view in the following verses. So we're continuing with the prayers and the of the enlightenment that is being offered by uh, this great personality by the name of Sri Bhishmadev. Uh, great, great grandfather of the Korova and Yadava dynasties, and uh, somehow the, the Vrishni dynasty. I'm not sure how the Vrishni and the Yadavas. I don't know. Understand quite this difference between them. Om Gyan Timirandasya Gyananjana Salakaya. Chakshuran Militam Jaina Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanya Manovishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupakada Maya Dharati Swabarantikam Vandeham Sri Guru Sri Dutta Padakamalam Sri Gurun Vaishnavanscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raghunatan Vitam Tam Sajivam Savadvaitam Savadutam Padijana Sahidam Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padan Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Bitamscha He Krishna Karana Sundo Dinabando Jagatpate Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Taptakanchana Gorangi Radhe Brindamaneshwari Vrishabhanu Sute Devi Pranamami Hari Priye Vanchakalpatarubhischa Kripa Sindhubhyevacha Patitanam Bhavanebhyo Vaishnavibhyo Namo Namah Jai Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhunitananda Sri Advaita Gadadha Sri Vasari Gaurabhakta Vrinda Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Prantara Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai. So, um, Srila Vyasadeva is lying on the battlefield 
waiting until an appropriate time to give up his body. And at this time, the Pandavas, the five Pandava brothers, have come along with their worshipable Lord, Sri Krishna, to uh, uh, hear the words coming from the mouth of Srila Vyasadeva. Um, uh, Krishna could have given those words himself because he, we understand that he is inspiring his devotees to say the right things at the right time. And because of that, then, uh, one who is an advanced devotee then can deliver information that is very valuable to the spiritual progress of those around him. So I just wanted to talk a little bit this morning about how to free the mind through the practice of bhakti, because that, that is spoken of by Srila Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada says that uh, by one of these nine processes of devotional service, one methods of devotional service, uh, one may possess the service of the Lord, uh, or may enter into the service. By the practice of yoga or linking up in the service of the Lord, one is recognized by the Lord himself, as it explained in Bhagavad Gita. So, so we, we're thinking then, how to free up our mind uh, through the practice of bhakti. Free the mind from all of the material contamination that we have accumulated in our minds for all these years. And so uh, there are, we, we find that in this material world, there are a number of, of sources of distraction to our minds. Even performing our daily physical activities tends to take our mind away from the supreme personality of Godhead. And and even though we, we know that it's necessary that we go out and do our work to maintain ourselves and our families, still we have to try as best we can to keep in mind the Supreme Lord. And one way to do that that is recommended is to chant the holy names always. Uh, we even find that there are different kinds of foods that we can eat that are distracting to our minds uh, because of the, they represent the modes of passion and ignorance. And so as devotees, we try to avoid those foodstuffs which are not offerable, offerable to the Supreme Lord because we, we know that uh, devotees of the Lord are released from all kinds of sins because they eat foods which are offered first in sacrifice. Others who prepare food only for personal sense gratification verily eat only pop, pop or sin. That's right. So we have to be very, really careful about what kind of foods that we put in our bodies. Um, another distraction is the sounds that we hear all around us especially those of us that grew up listening to Western music. Well, I guess this is true even in India. There's, uh, there's the Bollywood <laughs> musical theater. And, and so generally, uh, I, I've, I can speak from the, from the position of having listened to Western music for a goodly portion of my life, that they are really about pretty much the same theme over and over again. Finding a true love, losing a true love, you know. 
Um, they say that if you if you play uh, country western music backwards, uh, the man gets back his 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 boat. He gets back his uh, his pickup truck. He gets back his his hunting dog, and he gets back his his wife or his lover. If you play the song backwards, because most of those songs are talking about losing all of, all of those wonder, wonderful assets that are so distracting to the mind. So the sounds that we hear do have an effect on our consciousness, um, especially if there's, you know, there's a song that we particularly like and we heard it, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Sometimes it comes back into our minds and it just circulates inside our brain cavity and we can't get it out of our minds. And if we're hearing that, then we're probably not thinking too much about the Supreme Lord and the spiritual world to which we aspire. There are also, from the point of view of our vision, we see various forms within this material world. And now modern technology has enhanced that so that at any time, uh, if we have a real desire to indulge in the kind of passion and ignorance that we have grown up in, we can just go online on our computers and at any moment see a beautiful lady or a beautiful automobile or a beautiful house or a beautiful scenery, you know, a wonderful environment to live in. Uh, but, of course, we know that any of those does not get us out of our suffering condition of life. We eventually, I mean, if you haven't suffered in this material world, means that you just haven't lived long enough. Because if you do live long enough, you will suffer. And, of course, we know many people that even in their teens and 20s and 30s, uh, they're already beginning to suffer like anything. So this material body is, a, well, like we say, when we say, before we take prasadam, we say, the, the, oh Lord, this material body is a place of suffering and ignorance. And the senses are a network of paths that lead us to death. Somehow we have fallen into this ocean of material sense enjoyment. And of all the senses, the tongue is most voracious and uncontrollable. So uh, throughout the literature that we have that we read, we find that Prabhupada is telling us that we have to give up our former ways of looking at things, hearing things, tasting things, seeing things, smelling things. We have to we have to change those. Of course, we can't get rid of our five senses, although sometimes they might be might be taken away from us. We've heard of people who have had this COVID disease that have lost their sense of taste and maybe even their sense of smell. I had a pretty bad case of flu about three or four years ago um, when I went to stay in a hospital with my, my one of my granddaughters who was very sick at the time. And so I stayed there, and it was very cold in that place. And when I, when I got out of the hospital, uh, a couple of days later, I came down with a really bad case of flu. And uh, of that kind, I've only had three cases altogether since I came to Dallas in 1980. And this was bad. But I noticed that after, after I had that case of flu, I began to lose my sense of taste and my sense of smell. Um, 
Now they have partially returned, but not entirely. And I and I, I don't know if they will return. But anyhow, I just I realize that that's just part of having a material body in this world. This body that is made of stuff that comes from the dirt. And when I leave this body, it almost immediately begins returning to that state. So if, if you take a human body, just like any other kind of body, animal body, vegetable body, just toss it out into the fields or into the woods, you know, you come back a year later and you might find a few bones and maybe some teeth or something, but after about 10 years, you probably won't find anything left of that body. Because it is returned to the elements from which it came. When you were in the body of your mother as a, uh, as a, as a baby. And so, uh, the, these five senses that we have then are sources of great distraction to our consciousness, which is separate from those senses. Um, and most people in this material world, we find, have not been able to distinguish between the senses of the body and the self. So they, uh, we come into this world and everything around us in, encourages us to uh, accept that we are these material bodies. And therefore the distractions come. But there's a way, there are ways to counteract the distractions. For example, when we perform activities, we talked about physical activities and how distracting they can be. We can perform activities related to the service of the Lord. Uh, or, and it doesn't matter. That can even be the work that we perform to provide uh, income, to uh, take care of ourselves and our families, our homes, our automobiles. Uh, even those can be done in the service as a service to the Lord. If we use everything that we possess in the service to the Lord. So even performing those physical activities then can be, uh, can be dedicated to the Supreme Lord and thereby purified so that they don't have this detrimental effect on our consciousness. We can accept only foods that have been offered first to the Lord. And that's one of the first things that we learn, isn't it? When we come into Krishna consciousness communities. That, uh, that we devotees who are really sincere about getting out of this material world don't eat just anything and everything that happens to be vegetarian or vegan. Rather, they take everything and make a, make a nice offering to the Lord, and then after it's taken off the altar and the dishes are washed up, uh, the Lord's dishes are washed up and put away, then we sit and we honor Prasadam. And then, therefore, our consciousness is purified by that. Whereas if we eat something that has been prepared by some non-devotee of the Lord, that we we're, maybe we're not even sure of all the ingredients that are in it, that does affect the consciousness as well. And so we find it really hard to, uh, to keep, train our minds on the Supreme Lord. Uh, we mentioned listening to music. So if, if we listen to music and, and hear the words of those who are speaking about the glorification of the Lord, that has a tendency to cleanse our ears of, of the music and the other sounds that we've heard for, you know, decades. 
And, and that's, that's really hard. I mean, um, I, sometimes what we've heard in the past can be useful. I was uh, telling the little uh, class over here in our Gurukula uh, yesterday uh, that uh, I had a really good English teacher uh, back in rural Mississippi, and uh, I, I can almost hear her saying some of the instructions that she gave us when I was in the 11th and 12th grade. And that's been a long time ago, probably 60 years ago. So uh, uh, most of the things that we hear, though, are just, are, they're really distracting us from the goal of life, which is not to, uh, you know, to enhance our, our wealth and our status in society, but rather it's to get out of this material world at the end of this existence to do our duty while we're here. There's nothing wrong with doing the duty. As a matter of fact, in the second chapter of the uh, of the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Lord Krishna tells his disciple, for whom he's driving the chariot, he tells Arjuna, Sri Arjuna, that you're entitled to do your duty, to do your job as a chatriya. You got a war to fight. You must fight it. Otherwise, if you leave. The battlefield now, as you are talking about doing and just taking up begging for your livelihood just to keep from having to kill other people, then people won't think very highly of you. And they'll make fun of you. And they'll say, he left, he's just a coward. He knew that he was facing invincible odds, and now he's left the battlefield, he's walking away and he's giving up his, his position as Chatriya, as administrator of the world. Uh, and, and, uh, and so Krishna tells him, for one who has known fame, Arjuna, uh, infamy is worse than death. You know, so for one to have a position in society or, or uh, you know, to have some exalted uh, qualities and then just to walk away from those things, that's not such a good thing. So we still have to do our, perform our duties, but Krishna tells us that we cannot take credit for them. In other words, we cannot enjoy them. Uh, and, and that is, that would be the sole reason for performing our duties. And that's, uh, that's the case with most people who, in our society today, uh, who simply go out and work hard at a job, just so that they can get a paycheck on on Friday or a paycheck at the end of the month, and then spend it to uh, to enhance the pleasure of themselves and their families. So we have to we have to give those up. So listening to music and lectures uh, which are related to the Supreme Lord then helps to purify our consciousness, and it helps to get rid of all that that uh, that. Uh, dust and trash that has filled up our minds for so long, coming through our ears. And then uh, use of our eyes, giving up viewing materialistic books and magazines and videos. Uh, e- even when I, when I do that sometimes today, uh, uh, nowadays, I find that those are great distractions. And when I sit down to chant, then it makes it very difficult to concentrate because I've always got these thoughts running through my mind about something I heard, something I read, um, and it's and, and something I viewed perhaps, and it's not so beneficial. So there are benefits to to renouncing these materialistic activities. 
Uh, one is that we lose desire for mundane activities. And unfortunately for me as a householder, I found that that came early because uh, even though I took my de- my degree, first degree from college as an engineer, I found that I did not like working around engineers. <laughs> a very unfortunate circumstance. I mean, and it was pretty severe. I mean, it was such that I actually left uh, jobs uh, because I just I could not tolerate them anymore. And so that means that somehow or other, Krishna has a, had allowed me to become miserable enough that I was looking for some relief from all that. And then I found Srila Prabhupada through his books. So we lost the desire for those mundane activities, you know, the sports and the and concerts and and symphony orchestras and uh, uh, plays, you know, stage plays. Uh, that those they just became a little bit unattractive to us. We became free from uh, some diseases by eating, uh, by discontinuing to eat the foods that we grew up eating, and we took up a vegetarian diet. So many of us now have, have done, as, as my wife and I did, uh, we were in our mid-20s, mid to late-20s, when we decided to give up eating the flesh of animals, meat, fish, and eggs. And that was even two years before we first heard about Krishna and his devotees. So uh, we think that we have have saved ourselves so many maladies of the body uh, by eating foods that are that are nice and simple and tasty and fresh and and just good. When we when we learned about the kinds of of spices that were used in Indian cooking, and we tasted halva and pakoras and jalebis. <laughs> We had no problem at all then dispensing with all the kinds of foods that we used to eat. Um, still, we, we have some attraction to mundane sounds. I like listening to Western classical music um, uh, on occasion, uh, maybe even some classic rock music occasionally just for fun. But I realize that, you know, those sounds are going to continue circulating in my mind. And we we learn to replace the images that are in our minds, you know, that we have accumulated from many decades of, of looking at forms in this material world. We replace those with the images of the spiritual world. And we have some excellent artistry uh, 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 in our in our international society. We have some wonderful artists who produce nice, beautiful paintings that we can look at, and we and we look at them, and we realize this isn't just somebody's imagination. This is why how the Supreme Lord and His associates look, and this is how the spiritual world looks now. And and so that that helps to cleanse the mind then of those images that came in through our eyes. And finally, the biggest benefit of all is that we learn to chant with concentration on the holy names. So Prabhupada is saying in the purport that we can spend 24 hours daily in the service of the Lord. And sometimes we, you know, when we first heard that, we thought, well, how can we do any service while we're sleeping? 
But you know, if you if you if you simply fill your mind and your consciousness with the with the uh, topics, with the forms, with the sounds, with the tastes, the smells of the spiritual world, uh, then it's it's it, it will it will it will it spill over into your dreams at night. And I found something that's helpful to me is uh, uh, I I was given an iPad. And using that iPad, I can, I can, I can dial up, uh, when I start to go to sleep at night, I can dial up radakalachanji.com, go to the, go to the menu and scroll down to the media, and then click on that, and then I can get the archived media. And so I can hear classes that have been given, and if I start at the one that is most recently, I find that during the night, if I fall asleep, as I usually do, when I'm listening to a class, then uh, it continues to play in sequence from the most recent uh, going back until, you know, for several weeks even. And I find sometimes, like I did this morning, I woke up and I heard this nice voice uh, chanting Jai Rata Madhava, like we always sing before we begin a discourse on the Bhagavatam, and it was Jai Shirate singing, and there was no accompaniment. There was nobody else singing, so I think she was probably here in the temple room by herself. And it was just so nice just to hear her voice chanting the Jai Rata Madhava prayers. And so we can do that. That and that helps to take the place of all of the sounds that we have accumulated in our minds over these lifetimes. Such a pleasure. So we uh, we have found coming even coming from this Western society, I can't use the word culture because it really there really is no culture in the West, but coming from this society, uh, we can we can uh, by purification of what we see, what we smell. In other words, all of the senses, the five senses, by switching over to uh, the spiritual. Uh, world, the spiritual sense enjoyment that we now get, that this helps to clear our consciousness for chanting the holy names of the Lord as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has recommended that we do. And it cleanses the dust of the mind, gets rid of all of these things that we have been accumulating in our minds for so many years, which are nothing more than distractions to our chanting. So this is the recommendation. Cleanse the senses, cleanse the mind, and one can chant very clearly and without distractions the holy names of the Lord, which is our desire. So at this point, I think we shall stop. Do you have any anything you would like to suggest? Uh, if we have, do, do you know where the, the microphone is? Can you speak into that? You said uh, you uh, stopped eating meat two years before even you made the devotees. So I was wondering what prompted you to take that decision. All right, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. <clears throat> we we were lucky. Um, I had gone through a little bit of a traumatic separation 
from the company that I had gone to work with, the first company that I had hired on with uh, right after college. I stayed with them for three years, and then because it was a sales position, you had to make a certain quota, and I was not making my yearly quota, so they told me I had to leave. And so that was traumatic to me, and I really took it to heart. I felt that, you know, this is, it's my fault. I've done something wrong. Something that I did, and, and I realized later it was really not so much the work, but it was the people that I was working with that I was having difficulty with. And I think that was the major problem I was having. So at that time, uh, whenever you go through a traumatic situation of any kind, it, 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 it has a tendency to affect the way you think about life and think about things. And so uh, I began thinking that we should simplify our lives and maybe even uh, move out into a rural environment because that's my wife and I both grew up in a very rural environment in Mississippi. Uh, but unfortunately, there was, there was a lot of ignorance in that, in that kind of environment that we grew up in. But still, I felt that uh, this was, uh, there were better people to be around out in the rural areas than there were in the cities. It seemed like the cities, people's minds were so contaminated, and we were being affected by that. So, you know, for us, it was better, I think, that uh, we considered to move out into a rural environment. And... Um, one of the ways to do that then was would be to become vegetarian because if we started raising our own foodstuffs, it would be simpler to do by not having animals around. Of course, we didn't understand at that time that the cow is a very important animal to have around. And so, uh, but anyhow, we just, we kind of gave up eating everything, but we did not give up eating dairy products at that time. But anyhow, we found that this this was uh, this this was really good for us, and it was really a radical thing in our society to do in 1971. That was when we became uh, vegetarian. It was a radical thing to do, and you know there was there were pressures from the people around us, including our relatives, uh, you know, to to continue with the kind of diet that we grew up with. And so, thank you very much, Mother Vishnu, for you. And and so um, uh, we 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 tried it, and people thought it was going to be a fad, which means that it would last for a short time, and then we'd go back to eating. And we've we've known people who have done that, who have taken up a vegetarian diet for a period of time, and then they just felt they were lacking something, you know, whether it was protein or I, who knows what. Uh, but of course, now that we've done our studying. Uh, and, and found out about different kinds of foods. So we we find that uh, anal, uh, that that plant foods can provide more protein, even than an equivalent quantity of animal flesh. And there is not so many of the, there's not such a downside to the eating of vegetables as there is to eating that of flesh. So and that this was all a decision made without regard to spiritual life because we didn't have any instruction in spiritual life at that time other than what we'd grown up with and that had nothing to say about foodstuffs. 
And and so that's the way we eventually. Uh, and when then two years later, then when we actually received our first book of Prabhupada, uh, and and started uh, having hearing from the devotees, we communicating with the devotees in in the New Vrindavan community at that time, and uh, and so the vegetarian diet was not not it wasn't a problem for us. We'd already taken it up. Uh, so the question is, uh, for those of you listening in, what was the first uh, devotional community that we looked at? Uh, since we were in, uh, in around Knoxville, Tennessee, that's on the eastern side of the state, um, we made a trip to Atlanta, to the temple in Atlanta, maybe one or two trips down there. And then we heard that there was a farming community in Mississippi. So when we went back to visit our parents in Mississippi, we drove a couple of hours on down toward the coast of Mississippi and found New Taliban, the devotee community there. And since we were still living in Tennessee, eventually we found some devotees very close to us. We didn't know that there were any devotees any, anywhere in the vicinity. So we found out that the uh, uh, the um, there's a community there in Tennessee. Um, what's it called? Uh, Murari, Murari Sevak, Murari Sevak. Yeah, a little farming community. It, they, unfortunately, they're quite a bit isolated from any large metropolitan area. I say unfortunately. It seems like it would be a good thing. But, you know, for a family to move to a place like that, they have to have income. And so somebody in the family has got to find a way to make an income. And apparently that's very difficult to do in that particular location. So that that farm has never really been uh, successful very much. But now uh, we've we've got uh, Bhavananda Prabhu and his his wife... um, who live up in Texarkana? Uh, uh, who they're 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 taking some time to uh, go over there to uh, Sri Rangavati Devi. Um, uh, they're they're going over to Marari Sevak uh, on occasion, and you know, trying to help that community out there also. Then I went, I, I eventually in probably in nineteen seventy seven. Uh, when I went, came back out of the hills, we, we moved out to the country up into the mountains for about four and a half years and lived, lived, lived a very austere life. Tennessee. Yeah. Yeah. The mountains, that's the Appalachian mountains that run through the Eastern side of, uh, well, it runs all the way from Georgia up to Maine. The Appalachians do. So there, we were in mountainous country right around where we were living, and uh, uh, so after we moved down out of the out of there and uh, came back into town, uh, and I went back to work as an engineer, I was suffering because I'd had four years of being away from that kind of environment, and now I was having I was immersed in it again with the people and having to deal with it. <laughs> So being being the intolerant person I was, I found it very difficult. And we, but we met devotees in uh, over very close by, about twenty miles away, and started having visits with them. 
and they led us to uh, uh, know uh, Dristadumna Swami and, and eventually to Krishna Goswami. And so uh, at, their, at the invitation of Tamal Krishna Goswami, four families moved, two from Knoxville and two from Nashville. We moved here in 1979, 1980. <laughs> so we're talking about, you know, helping to uh, end the distraction of the mind, when, especially when we're chanting. And so we, uh, our our discussion today has been about ways to uh, to accomplish that, um, and we find that um, any any difficulties that we're having in our spiritual life can can be greatly uh, improved on. We can we can get rid of a lot of those difficulties just by living in the asso- close association of more advanced spiritualists, such as we found here in the Dallas community. So I highly recommend that to those of you who are listening in, maybe from out of out of state or, or maybe even out of this country, uh, that please find yourself uh, some devotional community that is close by and get there as quickly as you can and take up devotional practices in a very serious way and then your spiritual life will really take off. Hare Krishna. So we offer our respectful obeisances to all the Vaishnava devotees of the Lord who are just like desire trees, who fulfill the desires of everyone and who are full of compassion for the fallen conditioned souls. Vanchakalpa tarubhis cha kripas sindhubi eva cha patitanam bhavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo namo namah Ananta Koti Vaishnavinda Ki Jai, Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai, Srimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shishi Radha Kalachanjidam Ki Jai, Gora Premananda, Hari Hari Bo.